This week on Keystone Conversations, what are some of the limits we put on our spiritual life and how does that affect the spreading of the gospel? And welcome to Keystone Conversations. I'm Randy Woodbury, an elder here at Keystone, along with me, my co-host, Philip Ramsey. Hello. Also an elder here, and our guest this week, our lead pastor, Pastor Brent Mentor. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Well, we're just minutes after the third service, and as been our course with these conversations, anything you want to clarify or expand on uh, as you thought about your focus today in Acts and Peter and limitations? I don't. I think it's hard to underestimate my hate for olives. And I think that people don't <laughs> yes. really understand where that, the, well, the, where, where that comes from. I also agree with you on that. Yeah, I I, here's, I, like, true, this is true. I probably think if I would try them, they actually wouldn't be, but no. I'm not doing it. Like no. there's just, I got limits. You I'm wouldn't. not doing it. Tastes well, like we all have sauce. our obstacles and crosses to bear. <laughs> and clearly olives is, I do look forward to our lead connection group question this week. As I already saw is, who hates, Who hates olives? olives. <laughs> That's the best. Yes. So when we talk about prejudices later, it's going to be um, not olives. including foods. Okay, fair enough. You can absolutely be prejudiced against okay. food. That's not a human. That's all good. A um, couple things we want to talk about this morning. First, and just to kind of kick us off, especially coming off our equipping seminar and spiritual gifts and some of our previous talks about the how the Holy Spirit's used. Uh, you got a couple of visions in this yeah. passage here uh, with Absolutely. Peter and Cornelius. Um, can you just kind of expand and put in context how those visions work? Yeah. I mean, so A, we would say that we want to affirm absolutely that what is said there is, is true. And then the question is, well, is that... Where does that live today? And so a lot of people, we, in our spiritual gifts and equipping things, we talked about words of knowledge, words of wisdom. And this is actually a great example of a word of knowledge. Here, Cornelius didn't know Simon the Tanner. Probably didn't know where Simon was. And God gave him a direct place to go. Um, and, you know, this this feels miraculous, and I think it totally is. I don't think we should expect those types of things daily. Uh, you know, I always tell people that the book of Acts is 30 years, right? Like, And so for us to hear a few miraculous stories here and there feels pretty, like, over 30 years, I've seen God do miraculous things in my life. Mm-hmm. And so this is the highlight reel of that. And so mm-hmm. I would certainly, um, the vision with Peter feels a little different because it feels almost, man, you got me on the seat. I'm coming off the... But I think at the same, God is clearly showing him something here. And this is, I don't think that this is certainly one of those times where this is not prescriptive, that God's going to show us new doctrines this way. This is that transitional period where God is clearly having to move to get them outside of their context. And so we're not, man, want to clearly say that these types of things, these words of knowledge, maybe even words of wisdom, which I think we need to desire in our church. We don't want to be ruled by them in our church, but that we can clearly look and say, is this in the realm of scripture? We're not going to be writing new things here. Right. What we see with Peter. That we have the canon of scripture to provide us that, yeah. but in order us not to be afraid of it, open talk openly about it, you know, in the proper context. That's why I love so much about that. Um, let's go on to a little more of your focus this week, and one of those was absolutely this concept of limits and limitations. You laid out for us five different limits and kind of categories that you saw: prejudices, religious baggage, preferences, our personalities, and then sin. And I thought you did a very good job providing examples of those. But as you take a step back 
let's let's talk about our culture in general, mm-hmm. and then maybe we'll talk about our church. But as a culture in general, let's say Ankeny, what what are kind of those limitations? Do you think is most prevalent? Yeah, I think they all exist. I think in each of us, sin exists, but I think to varying degrees. Meaning, like the, there's seasons where God reveals sin, you know, that that is there. I think, man, if I could sit down with most people on coffee with this sermon, I would really press into preferences and personalities. Mm. Because in our, I mean, we are in the rich suburbs and we can get whatever we want, whenever we want it. And if, like, if we don't like the way it's, the service is done, we just get somebody else. Like we are just the king of the hills of our lives. We can customize anything we want. That's it. Like literally there's nothing we can't customize. And so when it comes to the word of God, I want to customize it to myself i want to customize it to what feels the most comfortable and man it just i I see it constantly that people interpret the scripture based on their personality or their Mm. preferences or their so may you see this right that they're socioeconomic they Mm -hmm. right i mean there's a reason that the um, prosperity gospel is on fire in africa because they desire something different and so for us not to see um, in our context, our preferences is, I feel like, a miss for us. How do you, once you realize a limit in your life, one of those five, how do you work through that? That's a great question. I, I mean, well, I let think, me think through uh, as you think through that one. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say preferences here because I'd 100% agree, but I just, I call back to my time when I was in London. And one of the hardest things I dealt with is you brought up the hijabs and the, and the religious baggage, right? So I'm on a, I'm on a subway and yeah. I literally have a Muslim in front of me. I have a Sikh to my right. Yep. Wow. I have a Jewish person to my left. I have a secular person. You know, I probably have five to eight different religions in a 25 foot area. Yeah. Yeah. And I will be honest, my initial thought wasn't outgoing, welcoming, and how can I minister? Half the time it was fear. Half the time it was, well, what else do I have to do? So I totally get how that could be a limit in my Mm -hmm. own personal. Yeah. And there's a guy named Andy Crouch who I'll quote all the time because he's brilliant. And he would do this practice. And he he told us one time, he's like, I would walk um, the terminals at um, airports in in Chicago. What is it? O'Hare. 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 And literally see every person and not trying to make eye contact, but looking them in the eyes. Right. Mm. And in his brain saying image bear, Mm. image bear, image bear. Yes. I started doing that just at the end. I think you guys had had taught me that I would look up, right. And you're in a a public transportation. You look down. Down. I looked up and I would see people and I would wonder how many of those are Christ followers and how many needed me to be an influencer. It's a stunning realization and it's really humbling, humbling, humbling. And I think, but, but I think the honesty though is for us to admit that that's true. We, we do fear other religions, um, depending on your like, there's people that they fear other races and ethnicities because literally they've never been around them. They don't know right. what to. And let's just be honest about that instead of acting like that doesn't exist and begin to remove those limits. And I think if you look at the list again, on some level, repentance is going to be part of all of it, right? Yes. If there is true sin in your life, it needs to be repented of. If there's prejudicial sin in your life, it needs to be repented of. The rest, I would argue, is, like you said, exposure, repetition, stepping outside your comfort area. I know we've talked to people before of, well, what do I need to read? Read something that you wouldn't normally. Go outside your tribe Mm, of news broadcasts, information sources, books, movies, whatever. And Philip, I 
think you even mentioned, you know, as you reached out some of your friends and, and just how they've spoken to your lives with some of these aspects yeah. as well. Yeah, this is a couple of weeks ago we were talking about racial blind spots. So I called some of my friends that were different races and I just said, hey, I know I have blind spots, but tell me a little bit about your what you see every day. So this yeah. guy's like, oh. I can't thank you enough for calling and caring enough. Mm. And he gave me a couple examples. And I was like, so when did that happen? He was like, that happened last week. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, just floored. Like, you've got to be kidding me that this is happening. Yeah. An eye opener for me. Yeah. For I, sure. Mark, I just talked to Mark um, and out in the lobby. And he said, I, my boss is African-American woman, um, single. She's a civilian. Anyway, she, he just, he said, he took her to lunch and said, would you help me understand mm-hmm. And he's like, my eyes are wide. Just like, holy it's fantastic! Cow. What in the world? I didn't even realize. And so I think back to your question, Philip, is just, is I think that people don't, are not honest with themselves. And I really, I mean, I honestly love the way we do eldership here because I can fool myself for a little bit, mm-hmm. but I've got brothers that are going to nail me if I get out of control. And I, I personally need that. I'm a personality that could get out of control in a heartbeat. And if you're not asking your wife, if you're not asking your roommate, you're not asking the people that are in class with you all the time, man, do I have any blind spots? Are there any areas where I'm an idiot? Mm-hmm. Like, cause there are, we might as well just be Absolutely. honest about them. Absolutely. And, and so I, I think that that's the being honest with ourselves is the first step. But then even beyond that is once we know what that is, is let's do something about it. Sure. Right. So my second question to that is how do you help others work through their limits? Two by fours of the forehead. <laughs> That's always good. That's yeah. Austin Wadlow's approach. Right? Yeah, and, yeah. and we do have a sponsorship from Lowe's, which on sale today. <laughs> Man, I, I, I think I even look back to scripture. I think when we try to act like we don't have something in our own eye, mm. Like back to Jesus' teaching about, you know, you're talking about someone else, but you got a plank coming out of your eye. Humility. Yeah. I think humility is a huge step here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm thinking maybe in our, in our spousal relationships mm-hmm. is it's my nature to, I'm learning. It's my nature to call it out. But I think asking questions is a better way. Yeah, I, I do. Like even when we're preaching and teaching, I try to say, I have no clue what your limit is. I can't mention them all, but I trust the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And so I, mm-hmm. I think that, but at the same time, if it's a, a flagrant, you know, it's a, if it's a, whatever, what's the flagrant one, flagrant, you know, an <laughs> NBA speak, NBA. flagrant foul. Yeah. Flagrant foul. If it's a flagrant foul, I think that sometimes those need to be corrected, Yeah, but in humbleness and gentleness with the, the, oh, with the desire to restore folks and not to embarrass folks. Cause as mm-hmm. soon as you embarrass folks, man, you yeah. lose a voice. I'm just thinking back in my life. I think the first thing was marriage. That was a big revealing point to me. Like, oh, I got really some issues. And then the second thing was parenting. <laughs> so if you look through your parenting and, and what do you keep constantly having to re- repeat to your kids, I think that's a good mirror of your own heart mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. So. Or even trying to ensure that they don't reflect the limits that I've placed on myself yes. and just perpetuate yes. That same error, but I want to go back to your community aspect. The more people you can have speak into your life, uh, a spousal relationship, friends, uh, elders, connection group. Yeah. Um, I remember I, the first time I sat down with my group, it said, you have free will now to call me out. 
you're my group now and you can do that. And the elders do the same thing, having those relationships that will not be afraid yeah. and may we never be afraid to call each other out in love, uh, in love to yeah. those, to those situations. That's what I would say. The people that I know love me the most are the people who say, Hey, you have a booger hanging out of your nose. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, it stinks for them to tell me that I have a booger hanging out my nose, <laughs> but I know that they love me the most because <laughs> they're, they're willing to have these awkward conversations. So, yeah. So that's it for our final topic today. Let's let's talk to a little bit of your ending point. Uh, your focus on Peter and his work with the Gentiles, how such a major paradigm shift. Um, and I think your point was you had mentioned that if Peter would not have removed his limitations and some of the things you talked about, we, as in today, as well as part of the Gentile concept, would not have heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. Could you expand on that a little bit in terms of, you know, God's sovereignty and, and maybe some different paths he could have took if Peter would have continued to be in rebellion. Yeah. I mean, there's clearly a couple things here is that, uh, it's simultaneously Paul or God's raising up Paul who mm-hmm. was clearly, I mean, if you look at now in the new Testament, you're going to see Peter stays in the Jewish camp, but he needed the most indoctrination with this. Paul moves out to the Gentiles. And so I, I maybe I said it a bit strong, but and clearly, man, we want to say that God and his sovereignty is going to spread the gospel, mm-hmm. yes. right? And right. so we're, I don't want to put God on the hook for our obedience. That's a really harsh taskmaster. I mean, I would say this, though. Had Peter not submitted in this area of his life, Cornelius and his house probably wouldn't have come to Christ. I don't know that's to be true. And so while there is agency, we also rest squarely in the sovereignty of God to accomplish his will. Mm-hmm. And uh, but while also taking personal responsibility, this is a, I mean, this is actually a great test case for how we would talk about the sovereignty of God. We have personal responsibility, but ultimately mm-hmm. God is sovereign over all. Right. And we don't know how that would have looked like if no. Peter would have been rebellious. We wouldn't know exactly. Although I think we'd all agree. And Austin brought this up last week in, in our conversations that how awesome it is that God decides to use us and why wouldn't we want to be part of that yeah. as part of his work. And you mentioned it today as well, that he choose, chooses us to be part of that work. What an amazing, awesome God that we serve. It's awesome. Thanks, sir. You're welcome. Appreciate that. If you'd like to get in contact with us, please contact us via keystonelife.com. And until next week, go in grace and peace.